0: What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's your host Dave Williams, and this is no longer Hoopball Grizz. If you haven't noticed, Hoopball is making a transition, or not making it anymore. They have made the transition. This is now a Sports Ethos presentation. Um, Hoopball was founded; their bread and butter has, and probably will be for the near future. I, I think that it changes a little bit as we progress. But they—they've been built. We—I say they. I'm a part of the team. We've been built around basketball, hence the name Hootball. We have recently been stretching out into other sports. The sports betting part of Hootball has grown, and they're covering everything. Aaron bruski's goal, um, and this is not directly from him. This is just from the little bit that I've been in contact with him and the conversations that uh, that I've seen. His goal is to show that uh, you can cover sports and you can do it in a way where the atmosphere is not toxic. And that's what this is. That's what this transition is. That's why hoopball is no longer hoopball. Hooball is sports ethos because it's about a culture. It's about creating, cultivating a good culture, a, a good group of people to be around to stay away from the nasty, toxic, Fighting, just the stuff that you see that you know when when it comes to covering sports if you watch any sports if you pay attention you have seen a lot of the ugly nasty stuff that that's gone into it um i'm not really gonna i'm not gonna get into that i'm not gonna talk about that but that's not what brewski is about that's not what this company is about hasn't been about that the entire time that i've been with them so this step this transition from Hootball to Sports Ethos has happened, and we're here for it. We've been here. Uh, I myself have been with Hootball for about three years now, four seasons, three years. Man, the bubble season has me jacked up still, but uh, I, yeah, around three years. So I've been able to you know see this kind of coming along from the inside, watching, watching as the team grows and watching how who will handle stuff and I've enjoyed every single minute of it. It's been a grind, but I'm not scared to put in the work to get to where I want to be. So I appreciate Aaron and Dan for this opportunity. And I look forward to seeing where this takes us as a group. I believe that sports ethos is going to be great. I think we're going to continue to grow and continue to provide opportunities for people. And that's it. I'm going to move on from that. I'm going to talk about, we didn't have a post game after the Clippers game or after the T-Wolves game, so we're going to talk a little bit about those today, and then we'll move on. Unfortunately, my man Isaac is not available to be with me tonight, so you're just kidding me solo. Welcome to the show again. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. This is Sports Ethos Grizzlies. We cover the Memphis Grizzlies for Sports Ethos, and let's dig in. What happened to the Memphis Grizzlies? Let's start with the Thursday night game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Memphis Grizzlies won 120 to 108, two improved to 8-7 on the season, and they beat a playoff hopeful Clippers team. Pretty handily, honestly. You know, the the 12-point spread there, they they opened it up a little bit late, but the Grizzlies just they they took care of business. They came in their defense looked better. They were, you know, doing things that we have not seen from them throughout this season. We, we've watched this defense struggle. You've heard us talk about it. I'm going to talk about some stuff on here. I've got some numbers that, that I'm going to go over today. But it's honestly, it's a tale of two cities. The Memphis Grizzlies are 2-5 and five on the road this year, and they're 6-3 and three at home. There's some huge, huge differences between, and we'll get into that. But this was a home game uh, coming in after... Um, a game that you shouldn't lose to the New Orleans Pelicans. But for whatever reason, that seems to be the Grizzlies Achilles heel. So here we are losing to the Pelicans come back in and then they turn around and beat the Clippers and the Clippers the next night, go down to New Orleans and, and get, I think they only hang 81 points or something like that. And with the pace of the game these days, 81 points is just terrible. The Pelicans are not that good of a team. Although they, you know, they beat the Grizzlies. So who am I to say, but anyway, well, we'll run through the box score real quick on this game. Dylan Brooks done one hell of a job on Paul George. Uh, George was 9 for 18 from the field, uh, 23 points in this game. He's been cooking this year because he doesn't have Kawhi, and he's the primary creator in that offense. So kudos to Dylan Brooks and the team, doing a great job taking care of him. Uh, speaking of Dylan Brooks, he was 7 for 14 from the field. He made 1-3, three, 3 for 3 from the free throw line, 18 points. Jaron had 18 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, four block shots in this one just impacting the game on both ends of the floor that's what Jaron does that that's really this defense we've talked about it before you've heard me break it down it is significantly worse when Jaron Jackson is not on the floor Desmond Bain done a pretty good job we were worried I was a little bit worried with him and what his role would look like when Dylan Brooks comes back uh Dylan is back he played 26 minutes in this game and Desmond Bain still got up 11 shots, so he's still going to get his looks, and I'm and I'm glad because I think that he is hands down the best shooter on the team. John Morant with 28 five and five, and this one continues to play at an all star slash all NBA, and he's got to be in the MVP conversation at this point. Although you know there's still some holes in his game, there's still some stuff that we'd like to see improve. But this was just a huge game for him. He dominated this game. They would run, That you know, John, John Morant would have the, the ball. Adams would come up to set the screen. When Morant would get, switch, get the switch and Zubac would take over guarding him, Morant knew exactly where he needed to get to. He would get to his spot every time, and he was knocking down the shots. Yeah, 13 for 21, he missed eight shots. But it didn't feel like he missed that many. If you watch this game, you saw him dominate this game, and you watch... As we get to watch John Morant grow, we're getting to see a lot of evolution in his game and the things that he's able to do. And from the mid-range, if he's knocking down those shots, he's going to be lethal. Because when they they go to set the screen, it's going to open him up there. And you're going to have big men, if he starts knocking down this mid-range consistently, they'll step up too far and then he can get to the rim. And that's what's so scary about John, what he's doing right now, just getting where he needs to get, doing what he needs to do. Just incredible to watch him grow. So good game on Thursday night for the Grizzlies. But again, I tell you, it's a tell it's a of two cities. I said six and three at home, two and five on the road. Their defensive rating on the road is 117.2. The Grizzlies defensive rating at home, 111.3. Six points difference there. Their net rating at home is positive at one point two that's barely positive, but it is positive. Their net rating on the road is negative fourteen, so it really is a struggle for them on the road. They've gotta find you know whatever is causing this. They've gotta figure that out to be able to change the gears or are they gonna be flirting with five hundred all year, even though they play extremely well at home, if you're playing this battle on the road. You're going to hover around 500 if you don't figure something out. So what are those things? Let, let's jump over again. Final score of this game was 120 to 108. Memphis Grizzlies beat the Los Angeles Clippers and Memphis. Then we get to Saturday night against an inferior team or a team not necessarily like comparatively. I would say that the Grizzlies are a better team. We hear every year about how you know this is the year Minnesota is going to be better. This is the year that Minnesota does this. This is the year Minnesota does that, and it's all lip service. Minnesota does not do that. You know they're going to be a playoff team this year. Is it possible? Sure, it, it may be possible that they get to the playoffs this year. That like there there's a chance that they do. They're sitting at seven and nine after beating the Grizzlies. Final score of this game was one thirty eight to ninety five. The Grizzlies just got throttled in Minneapolis. And that that goes back, I I just mentioned, the the net rating on the road, negative 14, and their defensive rating, uh, 117.2. So this game definitely bumped that up. But what else is going on? Why are the Grizzlies struggling so much on the road? What's happening? Let's look at assist-to-turnover ratio. The Grizzlies at home are nearly 2-1 to -to assist-to-turnover. On the road, it's 1.5. Yeah, that's only a half an assist difference. But that means more turnovers, and in a hundred, you know, a hundred possessions in a game, that point five becomes huge because how many points are you giving up off of turnovers? You look at what the the Grizzlies had sixteen turnovers; they gave up thirty points off of those sixteen turnovers. You got to take care of the ball. You, you you cannot you know, it was a group effort. It wasn't just one guy. It was spread out. Kyle had one. Jaron had three. Stephen Adams had two. Ja had three. Tyus Jones uncharacteristically had two, you know, you can't point the finger. And I know a lot of times as Grizzlies fans, we watch this game and we get upset. We see what Jaron's doing. And I saw somebody today that mentioned, oh, well, Jaron has only scored 20 points like one time this year. That number does not matter. The the amount of points that Jaron is scoring does not matter. And I know that a lot of you guys don't want to hear that because he just got this $100 million contract, right? Well, he ought to be doing at least this. Jaron is being impactful. When he's on the floor, this defense is way better. I didn't pull the, the the numbers up this time because I talked about it in one of the previous episodes. If this is your first episode listening, we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. You can get the show on Twitter at Sports Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at Dwell2111, and my co-host Isaac is at Isaac underscore Rivals. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for coming on board. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know that we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. You like it, go and subscribe, rate, review the podcast, leave us a five-star review. That helps other people find us, and that's huge. That's all we'll ask from you. But back to it, I, I've talked about Jaron and his defense, what he brings to the floor on the defensive end. He's the rim protector on this team and they've been playing Brandon Clark more and I'm so glad that we're seeing Brandon back in the rotation. He deserves to be in the rotation. Unfortunately, it's at the expense of Xavier Tillman. I like Tillman but Tillman has not been good this year. Uh he's he's had a nasty negative net rating. Um stuff like that's going to happen. It's a young team, they're learning, they're growing. But I'm glad to see that Jenkins is giving Brandon Clark a run because this defense is crazy good whenever Brandon and Jaron are both on there because you got two guys that can help protect the rim. Got a little sidetrack there on Jaron, but I was talking about assist-to-turnover ratio. If you look at that at home, it's nearly 2-1. to On the road, it's 1.5. So they're turning over the ball at a higher rate, 14.6% on the road, 13.1 at home. So that becomes a full turnover, a turnover and a half. In a game, when you have 100 possessions and you're turning the ball over 14 times in 100 possessions as compared to 13 times at home, that one and a half, one, two turnovers equals four more points and makes it harder to come back. They're playing slower. Their pace, whenever they're at home, they're at uh, just over 100 possessions like almost 101 possessions in a game and on the road they're at 98.25 so there's a number of different things that are contributing to the Grizzlies losing on the road this Timberwolves game they were not interested you could see it in the body language they got down early Desmond Bain had 14 points in the first quarter he was cooking and he was doing everything he can to try and you know keep the Grizzlies into him to fight to get back into this game but they just weren't there. they were checked out and, and I say they because it was more than one player, you could see that there was more than one guy that was checked out in this game and and I hate when that happens. Stuff like that's going to happen over the course of an eighty two game season. The problem is the Grizzlies setting at eight and eight right now. we've saw this hap excuse me, we saw this happen multiple times already this year, and sixteen games into the season, you can't do that. You can't check out the Grizzlies are not at the level where they can afford to check out when they're on the road. They're going to lose a lot of games if they're not there, if they're not focused, if they're not locked in. And so it makes you question things. When you see their body language change, when you see that shift, what is causing that? Is it, but is it because of their youth? Is it because of their immaturity? Is that why they are checking out? Is that why we see this nasty body language from these guys? Or is it from the coaching staff? Are the coaches not doing enough to fire them up, to keep them involved, to keep them locked in? Some of it falls on the players. Some of it falls on the coaching staff. But just like I said, you can't pinpoint, you can't say Taylor Jenkins is the reason they're playing this way. Or... Um, Jaron Jackson is the reason that they're losing. Dylan Brooks is the reason that they're losing. There's not one specific player and/or coach that's causing this. There's a number of things that's causing it. The Grizzlies are a young team, and again, early in the season, they could very well turn this around and win close to 50 games. I don't think winning 50 is very likely at this point, just from what I've seen so far in this season but I've definitely not given up on this team. I think they're definitely still a playoff team play in at the worst. Um, but I, I hope that they're above the play in and I think that they legitimately could get there, but they've got to put some stuff together. They're eighth in the league in scoring at a hundred and just under 110 points a game. Check out this swing, a tell of two cities. I, I, I keep repeating that, but man, is it true They're scoring at home, their points per game at the FedEx Forum in Memphis, 115 points a game. Good for fifth in home scoring in the NBA. They're fifth overall. So they're eighth combined, fifth overall at home. And you see a massive, massive, massive drop to 21st overall when they're on the road. They're scoring 103 points a game on the road we talked about stats and the Grizzlies have guys, they have statisticians that are there and that's what they're paying attention to. They're giving them the numbers, the analytics guys. They're like, all right, coaches, this is what we're seeing. This is what's going on. This is what's doing. So they're seeing this, they're seeing this drop. It's a a 12 point drop off and they're scoring from home on the road. The pace that they're playing at, they're playing at a slower pace. They're not getting out and running the way that they want to do on the road like they are at home sometimes teams just play better at home that that is true that happens sometimes um you know i I feel like the the 76ers last year were really really good in philadelphia but they were terrible on the road the atlanta hawks have have been this way this year they're they're fantastic at the state farm arena in atlanta the atlanta hawks are smoking folks on the road they look like I'm, man, I don't even know. They, they look like a G League team on the road. They're just not good on the road. And the Grizzlies seem to be in that same boat. They're a good team. We watched them beat good teams. They beat the, the Clippers on Thursday night, and they beat them pretty handily. Probably their best victory of the year as far as playing 48 minutes and executing. And when they had them down, they would weather the runs and not let them just get back into it. So it's frustrating it's hard for us to sit and watch I've got to be honest watching this this T-Wolves game I I had to watch the whole thing I've got to come on here and talk to you guys about it but I wanted to shut it off and and like four minutes into the third quarter when I saw there was there was no interest in really getting back into this game I was ready to turn it off turn on a movie do something with my kid, anything but watch this travesty that was on my television that's the Grizzlies on the road. Will we see this team find that switch? Are they going to find something? Again, you know that they're getting these numbers. You know that they're seeing, okay, we're playing at this level at home. We're playing... And a top five level at home. And then we're in the bottom third of the league on the road. You know that these guys see this. You know that they know that. So what happens? Is Taylor Jenkins and this coaching staff going to be able to make the adjustments that they need to make to get these guys fired up to play the way that they need to play so we can stop seeing this massive gap between you know, Jekyll and Hyde, Clark Kent, Superman, um, Bruce Wayne, Batman, like the the difference between the two. Yeah. Like Clark Kent's a good guy, but Superman's way better. The Grizzlies are a decent team on the road, but at home they're crazy good. So where's that line and who's going to step up and say something? Where is it going to come from? It's got to come from somewhere it's been said multiple times that John Morant is a vocal leader of this team. Is he the guy that's going to step up? Is he the one that's going to call everybody out and say, Hey man, we're better than this. We can do better than this. We can play better than this. Every single guy in this locker room knows that that is a fact. We've got to step it up. Even some of the older players are fine. They know that is a vocal leader of that team but they don't have a strong backbone veteran guy that's going to step up and keep guys in check. I feel like, man, honestly, a, a guy, a veteran that has been there, that's, you know, won a title or been in the playoffs, somebody that will call people out is exactly what this team needs. Who is that guy? You know, we we talked, Isaac and I talked in the offseason about veteran players that we would like to see on this team. Harrison Barnes was a guy that I mentioned. But I don't think that he's that guy. He's playing in Sacramento, and they just fired their coach. Thank goodness to, you know, all the Kings fans. I know that they've been enduring this crap with Walton, and it's been brutal. It's been a bad 15-year stretch for them. I think they got the right GM in place. Now he just has to go out and find his coach, whether that's somebody that's already on the bench that was an assistant, you know, Doug Christie or whoever. I hope they go out and they find the coach that they need because they've got talent on that team. That team should be competing for a playoff spot, and the right coach will get them to do that. But I digress. I apologize. The Grizzlies need somebody that's going to keep them in check all the youth, all the friendships, all the laughing, cutting up good times. So happy to see that because a lot of locker rooms, you see toxic people, you see people fighting, not a lot, but you do, you see this happening in other locker rooms and the Grizzlies don't have that. These guys all pretty much get along, but at a certain point, You've got to be able to turn that corner. The front office has mentioned developmental for the last two seasons. This this season is no exception. It's developmental. That's why Zaire Williams is still in the starting lineup. If you didn't read it, I retweeted it on the Twitter page the other day. Joe Mullinax wrote a really good article. Joe is from Grizzly Bear Blues. Uh, he's actually the, the site uh, manager for Grizzly Bear Blues. And he wrote an order. Uh, an order. Look out. He wrote an article on Zaire Williams and his struggles early in the season. And he talks about the Grizzlies walking the line of development and competing. And I think this team is going to compete as long as John Moran is on this team because he wants to win. And I think in general, everybody on this roster wants to win. I've never met anybody in my life that didn't want to win. But some people are okay just going out there playing the game. There's not many guys on this roster that are just okay out there playing the game. But we've got to see it. There has to be a switch flipped when they're on the road. They're three games under 500 on the road. Their defensive rating is ugly. The worst in the lead, 117.2. Big difference at home. You know, 111 at home, six-point difference. That that's, that's a huge difference. Takes you from the bottom of the league up toward the middle of the pack. Still not the top, but much better than the dead last. They're scoring the ball well. And we've said that, you know, Isaac and I have talked about that on the show multiple times, that the Grizzlies can put the ball in the basket. They get they can score. John Morant has taken that next step, and he's able to get to where he needs to get to either create shots for his teammates or create his own shot to get the ball in the basket. So scoring is not an issue, but you have to be able to stop them, and that's something they've struggled with. I say it's not an issue. Scoring is an issue on the road. You know, especially when when your your road defensive rating is 117 and your offensive rating is 103, it's pretty ugly, pretty pretty ugly. When are we going to see this fixed? Don't know. Will it happen this year? No idea. I I think that this team, most of the players want to be in the playoffs, so they're going to be competitive. They're going to play. They're not going to lean into a tank to try and go up and and get anybody. But they have assets, they have draft picks, they have three first round draft picks heading into next season that they can use to move up if there's a guy in the draft that they want. Or, maybe not even the offseason, maybe it happens mid-season around the trade deadline, you get a team that thought they were going to be competitive and they're like, mm, okay, we're not as competitive as we thought we were going to be, let's go ahead and move some guys and lean into a rebuild. Who's that going to be? I don't think that's the Clippers as much as I would love to see Paul George and Memphis. That would be an insane addition to this roster, but something like that's not going to happen. Not likely anyway, but there will be a team come trade deadline that we didn't expect to be a seller. And the Grizzlies have the assets to go out and get a guy. Does that happen this year? Does it happen in the off season? Does it happen at the trade deadline next year? I don't know. It, the, the time to do it for me, I, I think, is at the trade deadline. You have those draft picks, three first-round draft picks. You can go out and get a really good player with three first-round draft picks. You can add an, a fourth from a different year. You know, it, it's there plenty of options. Plenty. I think that there will be plenty of guys that they can go out and get they got some veterans on expiring contracts that they can throw in there. There are things that they can do to make the moves. I don't know when or if it's going to happen. But I'm going to continue to watch these games. I'm going to continue to gut it out and watch them be Jekyll and Hyde. Watch them be Clark Kent on the road and Superman at home. nothing else we can do right if you're a true fan you're sitting here through the good bad and the ugly and unfortunately this year we've had to watch a little bit more ugly than i thought that we would have to i don't have much else that they're heading in next week i know that they're playing the hawks at the end of the week day after thanksgiving let me bring it up here Yep, so they are at Utah on Monday. Then they come back home. They have Toronto on Wednesday, off on Thanksgiving, and then they play the Hawks, who have, again, been bad on the road. They're a good team. The Hawks are a good team. They've been bad on the road. So the Grizzlies playing a good Utah Jazz team at Utah when they struggle on the road. It's going to be a tough win. It's not unwinnable. They got a shot. Then they get Toronto at home and the Hawks at home. And then they end the week on Sunday. I guess depending on how you look at it, Sunday might be the first week. But they got uh, the Kings who are going to be under a new head coach coming in on Saturday. Sunday. My apologies. Sunday. So a lot of work to do. Hope that they don't continue to hover around 500. The the standings, That they've got two wins over the Clippers. They have two wins over... The Nuggets and that's vital because they're gonna be they're they're setting in ninth place right now at eight and eight, uh, behind the Lakers, Blazers, Nuggets, and the Clippers are setting in fourth. So two of these teams that are ahead of them and the Clippers and Nuggets, as as the Grizzlies continue to improve as the season goes along, you could see them battling, jockeying for a position. Making it, you know, fighting for that sixth seed. And the Clippers and Nuggets are likely to be teams that they're battling with, and they're in a really, really good spot right now to be battling with those guys. They got a two they win one more game, they win the tiebreaker. So if they end the season with the same record, the Grizzlies get the tiebreaker, they move in the sixth, and they avoid the play in. That's my hope. I don't know if it happens or not. But we'll see. It's a long season. We get to tuck in here and enjoy as much as we can. Gonna talk to you about our partners over at Who Hoob- Ah over here at Sports Ethos. Creature of habits, man. I- I'm gonna struggle with that. So for the next couple weeks, you guys hear me saying that. Call call me out. The you'll notice again that the Twitter handle for the show has changed to Sports Ethos Grizzlies. That's Sports Ethos. Ethos is E-T-H-O-S. Sports Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at Dwell 2111 Isaac is Isaac underscore rivals. Our partners over here at Hootball are manscaped.com. You can go over and use our promo code. It is, as of right now, still Hootball20. That will be changing. I will let you guys know when that happens. But right now, it's Hootball20. It gets you 20% off and free shipping on any of their products shampoo body wash the lawnmower 4.0 i just got mine in the other day use it up for the first time the 4.0 i love it man it's fantastic the skin safe technology keeps you from getting pinched in places that you don't want to be pinched in go and check them out manscaped.com promo code hootwall20 get 20 percent off and free shipping mybookie.ag is another one of our partners sign up the promotion code over there is hoopball still, that will be changing again. Once these change, I will let you guys know. So if you haven't taken advantage of them, you will get the opportunity. Mybookie.ag is the best online sports book out there. More lines and better odds for the player than anywhere else. You want a parlay, 6, 7, 10, 12, 14 layer parlay. Get over there, go find them. They have more prop bets than any other site I've been on. Mybookie.ag promo code hoopball. They will match your initial deposit fifty percent up to thousand dollars. Go over and get it done. win money with us. We appreciate you guys listening. I'm gonna let you know the Twitter handles one more time because the show Twitter handle has changed. It is at sports ethos grizzlies sports ethos e t h o s sports ethos Grizzlies. I'm at d 2111. Isaac is Isaac underscore rivals. We appreciate you guys listening. Again, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Help us out with that. We appreciate each and every one of you. Until next time, we gone.